welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. Okay. So today's topic uh, touches on sort of something, a topic that we mentioned last week, not last week, uh, in our previous episode. So if you haven't listened to that, please do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of like a part two of that. Mm-hmm. Right? And we talked about this, about like this topic a lot already. On and off, yeah. I'd say. Right? It's a big topic, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, last time we talked about colors and how they are uh, very different depending on what uh, computers or monitors that you use because they all represent colors differently. So, and then you mentioned something about color space. Mm -hmm. So what is color space? So what is a color space? Uh, So remember last time I mentioned that there's this diagram based on the study of like human perception uh, that looks like a horseshoe. Uh Uh, And along the edge of the horseshoe, you have wavelengths of specific colors. So this goes from uh, red to yellow to green uh, to turquoise, to blue, to violet. Okay. Okay. You cannot represent pink as like a unique wavelength of color. Uh-huh. It just doesn't exist. It's a combination of multiple things. And the neat thing about this diagram is if you combine any amount of different wavelengths together, based on how humans perceive color, you're going to get a unique color. So if you want pink, you would have uh, 10% of that red and... of that blue and 2% of this green, you get the idea. Yeah. Um, You find where all those points meet inside of the horseshoe, Uh and that will give you a certain color. Right. Um, And you do that for every combination of every wavelength, and you end up with a colorful, um, like, diagram that represents every color that we are used to seeing, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no color on there that you can't really see, um, but it depends on what you're looking at. Like, if you're looking at it on a printed page... Everything's going to be ever so slightly darker. You're not going to get super saturated colors at the edges. If you're looking at it on a monitor, depending on your computer monitor, you might get some of those colors, but not all of them. Uh, And then finally, if you pull out a green laser, that's going to be so much more brighter than anything you've seen on a monitor uh, because it is that exact wavelength. So it's going to be 100% of that. Um, So that's going to be like the perfect representation. And somewhere in the middle of this is white. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, white, as I mentioned last time... Uh, there's a lot to white, like white at noon is going to be a very different white at dusk, for instance, correct? Um, white on this planet is going to be very different than white on another planet. Even though it's going to be look white once you spend five minutes there, it's going to shift ever so slightly. White with ski goggles, like anyone who's ever gone to see snow on a mountain, once you put ski goggles on, everything's going to look pink for a little bit. And then it's going to look like white, like white snow everywhere. And then when you take your goggles off, everything's blue. And then it's going to slowly become white again. That doesn't just depend on the the lens of your goggles? That does depend on, on the lens of your goggles. So that was like one example. But your eyes are going to shift everything to make something it knows is white, uh-huh. white. So white is complicated. That's yeah. that's the, the point of what I'm trying to explain. Um, that said, white has an exact definition. And it is the heat of a black body. So if you heat up a black body, so something that's perfectly black, I heat it up, it's going to glow red. And then as it gets hotter and hotter, it's going to span the multiple like variations of white. And you've seen a fire. Fire looks white, right? If you look at the sun, giant fireball that's not made of fire, um, <laughs> that also looks white. Those are examples of black body radiation um, in the simplistic way that you can think of it. Um, okay. Same with light bulbs. For instance, so if you stare at a white bulb, light bulb, 
Like, the edges might look yellow, but the inside of it looks white. But that's not a black body. Like, what is a black body? So, a black body is specifically something that is perfectly black that you just heat up. So, it's emitting light by the nature of it being hot. Like a black, like a ball of metal that you can heat up yeah, that is just exactly. black? That no. Is a... Yeah, so if you have a, a ball of metal and you uh-huh. heat it up, it's going to start glow, glowing red. Yeah. And then there's a term, it, it's glowing white hot. Yeah. Okay, so depending on the temperature of that, you can make it bluish white, reddish white, yellowish white, and everything in between. Okay. Okay, so in the middle of our ho- horseshoe diagram, you're going to have a line somewhere in the middle of it that's going to represent white and depending on the temperature of that ball of metal or the sun etc you're going to have different markings on that line at the different levels of temperature in kelvin that represent the level of whiteness okay okay so white is referred to as a temperature because of this does that make sense sure okay so we have the prerequisites now last time we talked about how the red in our eye, the way our eyes perceive red, green, and blue is specific to a certain wavelength, right? Mm-hmm. We are, like, given a color of light, if you kind of narrow in on the red, it's going to be brightest at a certain wavelength. The green is going to be brightest at a certain wavelength, and the blue is going to be brightest at a certain wavelength. So uh, these three um colors are important because they are the same colors that we're going to try to represent on a monitor or on a piece of paper with different inks etc now every monitor has a different set of red green and blue um i think they're called trimismus i'm I'm getting the word wrong so i'm I'm just gonna i'm just gonna whisper it (laughs) what's the word trimismus <laughs> I can't picture it in my head, so um Trimismus. <laughs> well I'm gonna have to look it up, so if you need a color give... trismus <laughs> Can I look it up right now? Sure, color <laughs> Okay, so if we go to system preferences and you can do this at home too, kids. Uh if you have a Mac you can open up system preferences, you can navigate to displays. Um and if you're on an older version of Mac OS, uh, you just click on the color tab. If you're on a newer version, you need a... Right-click. Right-click. Um, is it not possible to... Oh, there's no color tab because you don't have any shitty monitors connected to you. You don't have any uh, not-so-great monitors connected to your computer because you're a color pro. Um, okay, plan B. If you open up uh, Spotlight, there's an app called Color Sync Utility. Uh, and in here, this will have a bunch of color profiles. And if we look it up, it's called the tristimulus. Trimismus. Trismus. Tristimulus. Um, so this is the specific uh, color of red, color of green, and color of blue within that horseshoe uh, that I was talking to you about. Is this the horseshoe? I'm this is the at? horseshoe, yeah. So over here, you have the red wavelengths, and then goes to the green wavelengths, and then the blue wavelengths. It's a parabola, people. It's a parabola. They call it the horseshoe. Okay. Um, but you'll see on this specific one uh, that you have uh, the green has an X on it, the red has an X, and the blue has an X, and this forms a triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, and this triangle represents all the color that this specific monitor mm-hmm. can represent. Um, now, it's a combination of these three colors plus a white point, um, and... 
Remember I mentioned that the wife point, the white is a line within this uh, horseshoe? Yeah. Um, well, the white point is the point on this line that this specific monitor will consider white. Yeah. Now, if you have a setting called True Tone turned on, this white point will change depending on what your computer detects as being white in your current environment. So if you're in a warm room with warm lamps, paper is going to be rather yellow to your eyes. So it's going to make your screen represent white with a yellow hue so that way it doesn't look blue. Because mm-hmm. your eyes are going to be used to that yellowness as white. So everything that's not that warm is going to be cool and it's going to look blue to your eyes. I've tried the true tone thing. I, I can't and it stand it. I can't stand the, the colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because it depends. If, if you suddenly get close to it and you're wearing a blue shirt, then it's going to be like, oh, let me make everything more blue uh, to compensate for that. Because all it sees is what's directly in front of it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of doing its best. Um, so yeah, if you're a normal person, then you might leave that on, but if you're working with color, it might drive you subtly insane, so you might want to turn it off. Um, but if you're working in color, then you're also going to be working in a perfect room with perfect lamps, or no lamps, and it's going to be dark. So you have no other, like, visual noise that can influence your eyesight, other than the screen that you're looking at, so you're only working with, like, the perfect values. So that's why people that work with color, they're oftentimes in a tent, so, like, nothing else influences them. That's not bad for your eyes? No. Oh. That was a, that's a myth that uh, watching TV in the dark is uh, bad for your eyesight. I feel like that would tire your eyes out more because then... Just blink. It's just, <laughs> just blink. Yeah, no, quite literally, it's because you forget to blink because nothing is bright around you. Yeah. So then you dry out. Oh. So if you blink, then you're fine. Okay. Yeah. So what is this color space again? Okay, so color space <laughs> is a combination of the red, green, and blue... Tristimulus. Tristimuli. Tristimuli. We're getting fancy with our terminology here. Trimismus. And a white point, which represents what white is. Now, not every color space uses red, green, blue. Some color spaces, like for printers, use cyan, yellow, and magenta, and black. Uh-huh. And that's what a color uh, printer's color space is. Now, some printers have many more inks. So you have all those different points that are going to be plotted within this horseshoe and the triangle or the square or the hexagon that you can draw around all those combinations because it's really a game of playing combinations of like how much red do you want, how much blue do you want, how much green do you want. That represents all the colors that you can form and that volume of color is called a color space. So a color... I, I'm not too sure how it's being... How does it get used with, like, a hex value? Like, each computer has... If each computer has a different color space, is that, like, your starting point? This is your starting point of what red, green, and blue is. And then based on the value, like, you're doing this amount of red, this amount of green. But you're starting at this starting point. So that's the hex that you get? Yeah, so as you as you mentioned, the hex value represents the level of red, the re- level of green, the level of blue. Uh-huh. So if we were looking at this diagram over here where we have a triangle that's drawn out on our uh, parabola horseshoe, uh, if you have a hex value of FF0000, so full red, no green, and no blue, you're going to be exactly on this X, on this red X. Okay. It's going to represent a pure red. Now, if you increase the green from 0 to FF, Uh so a value of 255, 
aka full amount of green mm -hmm. as well as full amount of blue then you're going to meet exactly halfway between the green and the red and you're going to get a yellow okay does that make sense so so the color space uh we'll 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 show a, a diagram so but the color space since you have these three points that form a triangle so mm -hmm. does that mean all of your color f is represented within the within the triangle yeah. so anything outside of that does not exist yeah so in this in this specific diagram that we're looking at we're looking at the display p3 color space the display p3 color space can only represent colors that are within this triangle all these cyans and greens cannot uh -huh. be represented most so of the yellows can some of the pinks can't so what happened if you have a value that is outside of the the triangle how does your computer represent, represent that? that color so number one it would represent that value as a level of red green and blue plus a color space so it's going to say hey this is uh this level of red this level of green this level of blue within the um and let me pick up a, a color space the rec 2020 color space and the Rec 2020 color space is a much larger one, so it's going to be a bigger triangle. Uh -huh. um, and that color space, that color does not fit within the display P3 color space that we're looking at currently. So it's going to find the closest color within the triangle to represent it with. Because it can't, it literally can't make the color show up if okay. it's outside of the triangle. So it's okay. going to do its best to get as close as possible. You may not notice until you have a Rec 2020 display right next to it, and you're going to be like, yeah, that's a way brighter green than I was going for. Mm -hmm. So this is actually a problem that a lot of Apple users have is because we're used to having a P3 uh, color space, which is much larger than the sRGB color space that Windows users are very used to. Okay. So we are seeing colors that don't generally show up, and those hex values that web developers often use are targeting the sRGB color space. So all of a sudden, that color on your monitor, it's lacking some oomph, you know? Oh, so we're always, I'm always using display P3 because you always tell me to do that. Yep. That's the color space? That's the color space that your displays, your phone, your laptop, your ProDisplay XDR, that's the color space that it can represent. Almost display P3. So all of Apple's product mm -hmm. is display P3. Yeah, and it's also a very similar color space than what you're used to in cinema. Okay. Now, on TVs up until like a few years ago, it was almost impossible to get display P3 um, or just P3, the color space. Um, and you'd instead have Rec. 709 or sRGB, which is basically the same thing with, ever, with some slight differences. Um, and... Those color spaces are slightly are much smaller than the display P3. So the P3 is the color space that represents more colors. Yeah. Okay. So yes. It's a wider spectrum. It's a wider spectrum. So let me pull up the Windows one so you can see the difference. So you can see the triangle here is yeah, much smaller. Yeah, it's much smaller. Um, I think we can compare them. Okay, so I talked about the horseshoe, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to kind of orient this, trying to get you to see a triangle. So this kind of looks like this triangle, right? Ish. Sure. There's some perspective going on, so you'll have to um, show spectrum. No, that's not helpful. Um, so 
when you're looking at that horseshoe diagram, you're actually looking at it from the top. So it's actually a three-dimensional diagram, and mm -hmm. you can't really represent three-dimensional stuff on paper easily, so we choose a direction, but there's more to it. So if we kind of tilt this on the side, you'll see that it's actually like almost like a, a boat. It's if, a very weird shape, yeah. It's a very weird shape, where on the very top of it, you have white, and on the very bottom of it, you have black. Mm -hmm. But notice that the black area is much smaller than the mid area where you have all the color. You have red, blue, pink, and green. Is it because black is black? Black is black, yeah. You don't have different shades of black, yeah. right? You have very few that yeah. you can perceive. Um, so the color space actually represents this perfectly. Um, and different color spaces will be able to represent different things well and others like worse. So we're looking at this sRGB color space right now. Um, we can compare it to a printer's color space. And you're going to see the printer's color space is a lot smaller. The greens are not going to be nearly as bright uh, compared to the monitor. You see bright greens here. And then we switch to the printer and the greens are kind of like uh -huh. foresty green. Yeah. Not laser green. And that's because on a printer you cannot print a bright green. Like it's just not going to be possible. Um, you might with certain inks. Like if you have a a certain ink from Pantone that's like a super bright green, that's a special ink. You can't combine that with just cyan, magenta, and yellow, and black inks. So that's where these different color spaces really uh, show their value. Um, and if you were to hold one of these, and you can compare to the other one, and you can see like how much larger one is than the other in terms of the colors that can it can represent. But the common point between both of these color spaces, the area where both of these shapes intersects, that represents the colors that both your monitor and the printer can represent. Notice your monitor, it's kind of suffering on these dark cyans, like it cannot show them, but the printer can show them perfectly. Meanwhile, the monitor can show really bright greens, but the printer cannot. So if you wanted to preview what you're going to print or send to the printer, you can set your monitor in one of these printer color spaces, and your monitor will do its best to try to represent all the colors as if they were to be printed. Mm -hmm. And that's called color proofing, so that way you can preview what it's going to look like um, for, for the printer, basically. But there's a lot more to it. Like, you have to make sure that your monitor is not brighter than the lamp's around you so if you're looking at a piece of paper in front of you the monitor needs to have white be the same brightness as the paper and that means that the monitor needs to be relatively dim to be able to pull that off so there's actually one more part of color spaces and that is called the transfer function um, so this is how you represent the different values from zero to 100 percent of like red for instance how you represent that as various shades of red. So you can imagine, we can say that, oh, if we're talking about um, a value of 50% uh, red, that's going to be exactly 50% between black and 100% red, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, what does that 50% really mean? It could be a fairly dark red, or it can be a much darker red, or a much brighter red, depending on all sorts of different things. So a transfer function is going to represent how to turn a value between 0 and 100% into a value of amount of photons coming off of 
uh, display, for instance. And this is called a tone curve. So in this final diagram that we're looking at, we can see that it's not a linear curve between 0 and 100% for the amount of red that's being output. So if you put in, for instance, 10% uh, for the amount of red, you're only going to get like 1% red. And it's not until you reach like 90% that you're going to get like 80% red. Does that make sense? Mm. Uh, in terms of like 80% the amount of photons coming out compared to like the full amount. Um, and different color spaces have different tone response curves. Um, and yeah, that's that's just something that exists. So the combination of these tone curves with the tristimuli with the white point represents something called a color space. Uh, and every device in the world would have its own unique color space that will be measured at a factory. And when you tell the display, hey, this is your color space, then it can go ahead and use that information to match against a known color space like display B3 or sRGB or CMYK. Um, so that way it can give you like proper values. Okay. So a lot of math and color science. That's why it's called color science because there's a lot to it um, that goes on with this. Um, there are tons of different ways of representing colors other than red, green, and blue. Like you can use YUV, um, which is a way of representing uh, color in the amount of brightness and then the amount of red, green, or blue, yellow that you're going to shift that brightness. Um, so it's a different way of representing color. Um, yeah. Cool. Sounds good color fascinating topic yeah very colorful speaking of color today is actually thanksgiving if you live in the united states or i think we're the only one that celebrate thanksgiving uh happy holiday yay <laughs> happy turkey day if you are into turkey or happy ham day if you like ham or happy duck day if you like some roasted duck yeah i like hot pot hot happy hot pot, pot day mm. <laughs> cool Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye.